0: Let's turn the tonight to the book of 1 Timothy. We'll be in 1 Timothy chapter number 3, and we'll be at the end of chapter number 3 this evening, 1 Timothy chapter number 3, and I look forward to seeing what the Lord has for us. We spent four weeks, uh, if my count is correct, getting through the lesson on steps to having your faith overthrown and how we want to avoid some things of having our faith overthrown. And as we're in this Wednesday night series of a charge to keep, and all of us have a responsibility to keep the faith. Um, and so I, I trust that through these uh, Wednesday night Bible studies, it will help us realize the importance, but also understand how uh, we are to do it. And so I look forward to what the Lord has for us this evening. Before the the, the Bible study, right before the service started, a couple men were asking me if it's going to be a, uh, if, we're, if we're getting out early tonight. And, uh... My, I was going to say my morning started at 3, but my night never ended. And so uh, I, I got back to my room about 1, left for the, the airport at 3 a.m. And so I proceeded to say, well, there's a chance that it might be an early night or I might just lose all track of time. And uh, but I, I, the, the point I'm making is, is I had something come to me, you now, the Holy Spirit, just brings something to your mind. And. I was sitting there while the ladies were singing, and the Holy Spirit brought something to my mind. Every conversation I have with a couple of men asking me if we're going to get out early, one of the men is always Bob Hamilton. (laughs) Every time there's a couple of men asking me, it just dawned on me, one of them is always Bob Hamilton. And uh, so, uh, if he gets up because he has to go check on something, being you know, the head usher, then you know, you know what's going on. But uh, uh, we're going to look at one verse of Scripture tonight, and, uh, just, this what I, and that's what I told those ministers. Just one verse of Scripture tonight, so it ought to be pretty quick. Verse number 16. Oh, let's read verse 15. Well, let's go back to verse 14. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Verse 16 is where we're going to take our study from tonight. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Tonight I want to take the first few words of verse 16, and that's where we're going to get the title of our Bible study. But We're going to look at uh, verse number 16 uh, with verse 15, give us some context tonight as we uh, think of the faith and how important it is. The Apostle Paul got it from Jesus. He entrusted it to Timothy and so on and so forth. So down through the centuries, somebody entrusted to us. It's our responsibility to then pass it on, a faithful man as Paul wrote about and uh, so it's important for us to understand what we have I feel like if we hundred and that's one that's one that's one reason America's in a condition that America is is because the, the, the those in his last couple generations they have no idea really what they have uh, you go to a foreign country you understand what you have um, I, 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 I enjoy getting to go to other other places and and, and the Lord's given me the opportunity to preach in other continents and visit other continents, and I enjoy that. But I tell you, the great, when I go out of the country, the greatest words I hear when I come back is, Welcome home, Mr. Neal. Uh, that is, it, America, there's something about it. Uh, but uh, we, we don't understand what we have. Why don't we understand what we have? Because it's not being taught. If we're, they're being taught in the schools that America is bad, and we, in, in the rest of the world uh, feel sorry for us uh, because we're America, and that's not reality at all. Amer- America is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. The point I'm making is people don't understand what they have. And when we lose it, we'll understand what we had. And I don't want it to get that way in our nation, but when it comes to our churches and our faith, we understand what we have. And it's, it's not a faith, it's the faith. It's not a doctrine, it's the doctrine. It's not a uh, Savior, it's the Savior. And so tonight we're going to look at this subject and I've entitled this no Controversy or there is no Controversy and we'll give some context to this and, and I'll give you I've, I've got a little bit longer outline tonight but I'm just going the introduction is going to take the, the, the crux of the time and then I'll give you the, the main points this evening. Father help us tonight as we look into your word once again and may the Spirit of God teach us, instruct us. Uh, may. Uh, you give us what we need from your word. May you strengthen our faith. May your church be strengthened tonight. May we be reminded of what we have. And may tonight's Bible study uh, give us confidence, more confidence in what we have in our faith. May it give us more boldness in the declaration of our faith. May it enable us to stand stronger in our faith. And Father, we'll pray for your will to be done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Often you hear, whether it be through the uh, media of today, uh, you hear through uh, social media, you just hear in uh, talk amongst people, you even hear it from speeches from politicians, um, those that hold to the Lord Jesus Christ, they're just controversial. Bible-believing churches like the Emmanuel Baptist Church are just controversial. If the Christians would just decide to get along with everything, is, this is the narrative, then there would be no controversy. Um, there is, but the, what I want us to see is there is no controversy. There's just a rejection of the truth. And sometimes we fall prey to the wiles of the devil and the smooth talkers, and we're like, well, I'm not trying to be controversial we need to change our, our, our mindset. I'm not being controversial. You're just rejecting the truth. Uh, the truth is the truth, and if it's not the truth, it is error. There's no controversy about it. You, you, can, have, you can have so many people come and they can say, well, I've, I've got this degree in mathematics, and I'm got this. i an expert in mathematics, and, and I've worked all these different things, and I've come to the conclusion, I think two plus two equals five. And that's how they come up with Common Core. But two plus two equals five. They can, they, can, they can give a presentation. Why are you being so controversial? Why do you have to just say it's four when I say it's five? There's no controversy. The truth is the truth, and everything else is not true. So we look at the Scripture, and we got to remember society does not tell us and dictate to us as the, a child of God, as His church, of what is truth, what is error, and even our approach and how we look at things. And say, so, well, it's just controversial. The truth generally uh, it brings about controversy, but it's not the truth that is controversial. Look at verse 16. And without controversy, what does the Bible say? The Bible saying it's undisputed, it's a fact. You don't have to debate it. You don't have to argue about it. You don't have to, you know, try and find some deeper meaning to see if it's true or not. It's without controversy. It is a fact. There's no need to argue about it. To put this in proper context, we have to go back to verse number 15. And of course, in this Epistle in this book of the Bible, Paul gives some instruction to the church of how they're to behave, the qualifications of, of a pastor and, and of a deacon and, and, and other activities in the church, and we'll eventually get to those. But I want you to notice the latter part of verse number 15. Honest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, it's without controversy, there's truth and everything else is error. Which then it means there's a church of the living God and everything else is not. You can call it a church, you can call it whatever you want to call it. It's either the church of the living God or it's not. So we see there, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. On that thought, he follows up with verse number 16, and without controversy. The, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth, it's settled. Paul's saying, we don't need to discuss this. Now he's going to explain why in just a moment, but it's without controversy. See, when we proclaim the truth, we are not creating controversy. Because we are proclaiming what God has said, and God has said, there is a church of the living God. It's the pillar and the ground of the truth. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Now, what does the Church of the Living God say? Well, it's just whatever church that you claim. And and aren't we all all brethren? Well, if we don't all know the same Savior, if we don't all know the Savior, we're not brethren. It's not a matter if we all have church membership. That doesn't make us brethren. It's whether or not we know the Lord, whether or not have we been redeemed, whether or not have we been born again. That's what makes us brethren. So, where does the, how do we clarify what a, what there's no controversy about? Well, it says the pillar and ground of truth, the church of the living God. See, uh, often we say, well, for you to say there's only one way to heaven, that's just controversial. Paul reminds them. And this is where this is where a lot of young preachers, and this is where a lot of, of young young adults in our independent Baptist churches they're, they're getting swayed and they're getting deceived because the devil uses this tactic of why you gotta be so controversial. And in 99 percent of us, it's not in our nature to be confrontational. Well, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be controversial. We're not being controversial. Because God said there's no controversy about the fact that there's one way to heaven. So when we say there's only one way to heaven, well, you controversial preachers, no, 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 We're saying what God has said. We are proclaiming the truth. When we say that you either must repent or you will perish. People don't like to hear that. but you notice know, that I trust Christ as my Savior. has never bothered me to hear a preacher say you need to repent or perish. Not one time. You know who it bothers when a preacher says, or, or a soul owner says you need to repent or perish? You know who it bothers? Those who are lost. Well, why, why do you have to be, it's not controversial, because there is no controversy. Stay with me, it is irrefutable, it is fact. Uh, no controversy is created by proclaiming the truth. It is settled, and I think of Psalms 119, verse 89, forever the Lord thy word is settled in heaven. When we look at that preceding verse, the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. The true church, what is a true church? Because everybody today claims they have the true church. Everybody says, and I'm glad we live in a, a nation where we have the freedom uh, to worship as we see fit. We have the freedom to assemble. I'm thankful for that. It does not make everything we have the freedom to do, it does not make it scriptural. It does not make it a church as God defines a church. So what is, how do we define the church? It's not a matter of my opinion. It's not a matter of your opinion. It's not a matter of somebody else's opinion. God has established. So what is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth? Now, there are doctrinal things you and I need to, as Christians, need to learn, but a lot of our, our beliefs and doctrines can be reinforced just practically. The church of the living God. Anybody seen Can you go to the grave of Joseph Smith? Can you go to the graves of these founders of certain churches? For you can't go to the grave of Jesus Christ. There is one church. So there's a living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. What is the true church? It is just that. What is the pillar? Who's the cornerstone? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, the pillar and ground of the truth, Jesus says, I am the truth. So, if Christ is not the cornerstone, they do not have the truth. You can call yourself a church, you can, call your, you can organize a religion, but if it's not all of Jesus Christ, you do not have a church of the living God. You do not have a church that is the pillar and the ground of the truth because you do not have the truth. Jesus says, he and he alone is the truth. I am the way. The truth. So, those that attend these quote unquote churches that, that, that add something to what Christ did or exclude Christ altogether, they, are, they cannot have be a pillar in the ground of truth. They do not have the truth. It is of Christ and Christ alone. Stay with me, I'm, I'm getting to where I want to go. So, it's important for us to understand that in a world that tries to make things controversial, the truth of, of the Lord Jesus Christ is not controversial. Because we're reminded, and without controversy, without doubt, without discussion, it is settled, it's irrefutable. Because we have the way, we have the truth. No man can come unto the Father but by the Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, the church founded on Christ is the church of the living God. The controversy is around those... Who say there's another way. That's the controversy. The controversy is not today in man, and quite frankly, the devil tries to spin it and make the controversy about: was Jesus did Jesus really was really was he really born of a virgin? Did Jesus really rise from the dead? There's no controversy about that. Now there's some men who still doubt that, and they've got to learn to put their faith in that. The controversy revolves around those who reject Christ. Now, it's important for us to understand what the church of the living God is, the pillar and the ground of the truth, because that gives context to what I want to get to tonight in verse number 16. There is no controversy. Say, well, there's all these different churches have different beliefs. They're not really a church. They're not a church of the, the, the living God. They they're not the pillar and ground of truth because they don't have the truth; they don't have the Lord Jesus as their cornerstone, so it is not a church. It may be an organization, but it's not a church as God describes a church. And so, as we establish that and go to verse sixteen, and without controversy, without doubt, uh, it is settled. Uh, without it's irrefutable. And you say, "Well, Pastor, some are going to say that it's not irrefutable. How is it irrefutable?" Paul addresses this to Timothy, and with this one verse of Scripture. He is gonna under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he is it is packaged there of why it is irrefutable. And friend, you and I can have confidence that we have the truth because it's without controversy. We can have confidence we have the truth because it is irrefutable. We can have confidence we have the truth because it has been established by God. Now, notice in in this verse, and I'm gonna give us the six things that I see in this verse uh, that will that will reinforce the fact that. That there is no controversy when it comes to the truth. There is no controversy. I, 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 I know where I stand on the faith. It's been settled. I, I, there's no, there's no, it's, been, it's irrefutable. The problem is we don't we don't know what we believe many times, or our own sin and lack of walk with the Lord gets in the way of our doctrine. And we will give up our doctrine to go to false doctrine because it accommodates our lifestyle. Nobody leaves the truth of Bible doctrine and is just completely deceived and give it up so easily just so they can... Nobody. I just think the Mormon way is the way way it is. You, You read like 30 seconds of Mormon doctrine... And you're like, yeah, that's not me. Not only is that not Bible, that's just weird. Uh, It don't take much, but sometimes our own sin gets in the way. We're clouded because we don't have the leading of the Holy Spirit. But notice Paul Paul says, this is why it's settled. He says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Now we're going to take another Wednesday night and we're going to talk about godliness just in itself. But just for clarification of what the Scripture is saying here, godliness is there, it's talking about the revelation. The revelation of who? Christ. Christ is the standard of godliness. Sometimes in our mind, we think of a godliness as a perfection, a holiness, and we say, Christ is like that. No, no, no. He is the standard of that. And everything is compared to Him. That's why, as a child of God, you've got to be careful Not to compare yourself to this world is the wrong standard. Because sometimes we'll settle right in, and quite frankly, we need to hear this preached to us more. We'll get on a plateau, we'll get satisfied, because in the world we live in today, if you've got Jesus, if you've got salvation, it don't take much to be better than Him. From a position, from a sin standpoint, from a lifestyle. You follow me? That's the wrong standard. Christ is godliness. He's the revelation. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. So God was revealed to to man. How was He revealed? Number one, God was manifested in the flesh. John 1, 1, and the Word became flesh. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God was revealed. Now, we can see the hand of God in everything around us. We can see the hand of God when you have a clear night and you see the stars in the sky. You can see the hand of God in the beauty of His creation. You can see the hand of God. That's different than seeing God revealed. He was revealed in Jesus Christ. He became flesh. That is irrefutable. Say, Pastor, have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but I have the... Pillar in the ground of the truth, which teaches me from the word of God that there is a record. There is a record of this fact. You believe that, don't you? You wouldn't be saved if you didn't believe that. he, He was manifest in the flesh. Number two, we continue to read. God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. If you recall, Matthew 3, verse 6 has been John the Baptist. 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 Baptist. I've stuttered. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. Um, If you got baptized in a Presbyterian church, what would it make you? Presbyterian? So I suppose you get baptized by John the Baptist. Anyway, um, in Matthew chapter 3, in verse 6, the Spirit, in a form of a dove, descends on the Lord. In John chapter 16, we read of one of the purposes of the Spirit is to convince this world to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 3.18, we're reminded that after Christ gave His life on Calvary, He was quickened by the Spirit. Justification was not fulfilled, could not be fulfilled without the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And the Spirit of God had a hand in that every step of the way. It was the Holy Spirit that convicted you of your sin condition. It is the Holy Spirit that upon your faith in Christ seals you until the day of redemption. It is is the Spirit of God who had a part in the justification. He was justified in the Spirit. That's why there's no controversy and you have to understand the context in which Paul is writing this letter, which we receive by faith tonight. Jesus had been baptized by John the Baptist. The dove did ascend as the Spirit. The Spirit did come. Think of what had already taken place at Pentecost. And the Spirit of God had moved. The Spirit of God was involved in convincing the world and still is involved in convincing the world of their need of salvation. It was the Spirit of God that quickened and Christ was resurrected. So He was justified in the Spirit. Next we read, He was seen of angels. This is an interesting Bible study. I don't have time tonight to go through all of it. And it'd be just a personal Bible study. It'd be interesting to study through the Gospels the times Christ and the reference to angels. And it gives us a, if you just do look at, the, you, you know, you read through the Gospels and you'll take note of being ministered to, you'll take note, uh, Obvious what comes to mind is when uh, it was announced that Christ was born, the angels appeared, uh, Christ is that, he could have called all the, the legions of, of angels, the, the, the angels that were at the, the empty tomb, uh, he was seen of these angels, it reminds us of these angels are right at his beckoning call, he was seen, oh, you think of, of Mary in, in, the, in the garden when, when the angels said, He is not here, He is risen. He was seen of angels. Now, number four, He was preached unto the Gentiles. Now the gospel is going to the Gentiles. This is one reason why the Jews re- hated Christ. And it's one reason why the apostles faced persecution Because now the Jews did not have exclusivity. Because now the gospel is going to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We're reminded that it was preached unto the Gentiles. This is also a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. He would be preached unto the Gentiles. Now, Timothy, who's the recipient of the letter, a Gentile father. How many Gentile churches are going to be started? We sit here tonight, the gospel coming to the Gentiles. He was preached unto Gentiles. I know I use reference to the trip to Israel that we were able to take, but it gives you a perception of still that the belief of those Orthodox Jews and here we are, the Gentiles, who pay money to come all the way across the world to get a glimpse of where Christ walked and get a glimpse of where Christ did his miracles and, and, to, and to go out on the Sea of Galilee because he walked on that water and to get a perception of, of was this Golgotha, was this the tomb, this is the what it would have been like and you go into, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the same garden that our Lord prayed in in the sacrifices that are made by Gentiles to go on the other side of the world just to, to get a closer look and to get a different perception of what Christ did for them, and it's just so nonchalant and flippant to those who have rejected him. It's a way for them to make a living selling tickets to what these Christians, what these Gentiles want to come see. It is evidence that the gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ, was preached unto the Gentiles. It's irrefutable. Notice it also says, believed on in the world. You think of the gospel and how it began to spread after the crucifixion of Christ. The church of Jerusalem, that the miracles there and the spread of the gospel and how God used persecution to spread the church. And then there's missionary journeys and Paul, he would go into these Gentile lands and he would begin to preach the gospel and churches would be started. He would go, as we, as we know, because he, we, we've studied his last letter, Second Timothy, and he would travel to Rome. And the gospel didn't stop in Rome because Paul won people on the, on the ship over. Paul won prison guards. Paul won, started churches. There was Christians in Rome, and from there, the gospel continued to spread. He was believed on in the world. How is it that if, if a religious teacher lived on the other side of the world and all he was was a man... How is it that the gospel just just spread in the only way that the gospel can? He was believed on in this world. I'm reminded for you and I tonight that anybody can be saved. Any nationality can be saved. Any people group can be saved. You know, while we get busy here in our side of the world and we ought to be consumed with reaching people in, in our neighborhoods and our side of the world and we should be praying for revival in our nation, let us not forget that the gospel is being preached around the world. The gospel is being preached in in, in different languages and tongues. The God the churches is is thriving and growing in in different parts of the world. He is believed on in the world. Um, It's without controversy if you... It's settled. Then we see number 16, at the end of number 16. Brother Hamilton, you're going to get your wish. It says he was received up in the glory. There are certain passages of Scripture I enjoy, of course, all of the Bible. There are certain passages of Scripture that just speak to me in greater ways than others. One of them is Acts chapter number 1. And I'll read for us tonight verses 8 through 11. But ye shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost, let's go back to verse number 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the other parts of the earth. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, "Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Paul, of course, is writing Timothy in, he says, Without controversy, it's settled. This has happened. He was received up in the glory. Um, eyewitness events. You think, and I don't, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but there are statistics that you can read of the probability and how slim of a probability it is for men to coordinate the, the story or fabricate the account of Christ. It's statistically impossible all I'm saying is, we accept, of course, we accept this by faith, but the witnesses bear out in the Word of God. Christ ascended into heaven. And I love the part where it says this same Jesus. Not another Jesus. This same Jesus. The same Jesus that shed His blood on Calvary. The same Jesus that, that performed the miracles of, of, of His ministry. That same Jesus is coming back again someday. Friend, there's no well, pastor. If we, if we, if we, you know, sowing is is so controversial. It's not controversial. Pastor, why you you bring all these messages recently on the faith? Well, the faith is always being attacked and Well, it's a little controversial. It's not controversial. Because according to the word of God, it's without controversy, meaning it, it's it's settled. So we, the the whole point of this is to remind us of what we have in the faith, but also to get us to see we should not be afraid to proclaim the truth because the world does not like the truth. And the world can say, you're just being controversial. No, 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 you're just rejecting the truth. The controversy is created when someone states something that is not a fact. Say, well, Pastor, it's hard to win that argument. Do you believe by faith Jesus is who the Bible proclaims him to be, or do you not? Because our salvation hinges on that. And if we know that, we knew that by faith for salvation, we cannot let the false teachings of this world, the the wickedness of this world, uh, pour, figuratively speaking, cold water over our beliefs. It is without controversy. What took place, what takes place on the pages of Scripture is more real than anything we see today. Uh, What goes on in, in the spiritual realm is more real than anything we see today. What what, what Revelation tells us is going to take place, that is real, it is reality, it's without controversy. It's settled. It doesn't mean every man is going to accept it. But you and I must be reminded because we are the church of the living God. We should not let another belief, another teaching, another doctrine, first of all, infiltrate Second of all, shake our faith. Paul is saying, Timothy, now think in context of what he has already said. We haven't gone over everything in in the preceding verses, but we've gone over enough in these preceding verses where he's warned him about the charge that's been committed to him. There are some who are going to leave the faith. There are some who blaspheme. Then he reminds them of the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, why? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot have the pillar and ground of the truth if you do not have the truth. You cannot have the truth if you don't have Christ. Because Christ is the truth. I, I, I made, I hate to use the word joke, but I drew attention to the fact that John the Baptist... Baptized Jesus. We are Baptists because I believe the Bible teaches Baptist faith, Baptist doctrine. So what is the Baptist faith? It's the doctrines of Christ. Well, how is a Baptist church different from, and you can name whatever, Jesus is our cornerstone. The Pope's not our cornerstone. Muhammad's not our cornerstone. Joseph Smith's not our cornerstone. I can go on and on and on and on and on. That's what separates us. Jesus is the cornerstone. I am the way, the truth. You cannot have true doctrine unless you have Christ. And so I want us to, in the day we live in, make sure that we boldly stand. I can have confidence that the faith that I... And that's, and that's what, what Paul is doing as he instructs Timothy. You can have confidence in what you have. You can have confidence as you, as you help in the church. You can have confidence because it's, it's, it, there's no controversy. Uh, Paul had seen. Paul was converted. Paul received the faith. And friend, you and I can have the same confidence that Paul had that Timothy had, because we have the same Savior. We have the written word, which is the living word. We have the testimony on the pages of Scripture. Uh, there is, should be no controversy when it comes to the things that we believe. Oh, you, 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 you Bible believers, and you want to you 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 put everybody in different, no you know, God says there's the saved and there's the lost. Now that might sound controversial to this world, but as far as God's concerned, there's no controversy, Which means, as far as we're concerned, there's no controversy. Well, re- re- repent or, 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 or perish? That, that just seems so harsh. What, what, what about those who are sincere? What about God has established what is it centered around sinners around the Lord Jesus Christ? He is the way. He is... That's why I am so dogmatic about what I believe as far as being a Baptist, what I believe about this book, because Jesus is my cornerstone. Jesus is the pillar. He's the foundation. It's not controversial. They just reject Him. So uh, let's... Let's serve with confidence in our faith and realize the importance of it. That's why the faith is so important, because it's about Jesus. It is the doctrines of Christ, as we have looked at before. And so let's, let's hold to these truths, and let's not turn the, 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 let the world put us in a position where we feel guilty. We shouldn't feel guilty about what we believe. We should, we should boldly proclaim what we believe. We have, quite frankly, a lot of compromise in our, day, in our day that tries to shame us because we wear the, the title Baptist, we share, wear, share, wear the title Independent Baptist. They did the same thing with the Christians in the days of early Rome before they sacrificed them. They, we, we, you know, we hashtag Christian nowadays, but study where Christian came from. It was, it was not used as a compliment. It was used as a as a as a slur if you will because oh you're, you're a little christ and that's how they were labeled same thing's true of our baptist name uh let's not let the world i'm not ashamed because i have the truth so, Pastor, why are you being so what's controversial is the truth of scripture settled in heaven or not does two plus two equal four why why, why is that controversial well it's not controversial, it's fact. Oh, so is the faith. So is what the Bible says. That's that's the confidence we ought to have in it. It's been settled. Father help us tonight as we